If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, Matthew 13. I want to preach a sermon that I have entitled, A Proper Value System. Amen. And we're going to read Matthew 13, verses 44 through 46. It is the parable that Jesus is using this morning in the Word of God. So let's read these verses, and then we're going to launch out to where God wants to take us. Verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man had found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth, and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth the field. Verse 45. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man, Seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. We know that many times Jesus uses parables to teach lessons. Amen. He would use parables to reveal the heart of God. Uh, He would also use parables to expose the heart of man. And so these parables were very uh, powerful. They, they contain more than one meaning. They're packed full of revelation. And so as I was reading these verses, what began to leap out to me is the issue of value. Jesus, I believe, here is teaching on the issue of value. And why is this so important? As I begin to ponder this, value is important. The issue of value. Because it's how we make our decisions, isn't it? It's based on value. Whether we are shopping for groceries, or clothing, or house, or car, it involves a value process. We look at it and we say, now you know what, Uh, that's too much, amen? I'm going to go to Aldi's and get my avocados, amen? Uh, Because that's a good value. (laughs) Hallelujah. So it affects every area of our lives that we deal with. And so therefore, it is a very, very important issue that we have a proper value system in our lives because it will determine what we give ourselves to. We'll say that's worth it or that's not worth it. And how many know usually it takes a while to establish a proper value system. When we were young, we didn't look at the value system uh, quite the same as we do. And hopefully we've changed. Amen. But when we were young, we thought everything was worth it. Amen. I'll do it. I'll do it. Doesn't matter what I'll do it. And uh, that was lots of problems. But as we got older, we began to understand uh, certain things are worth it. And certain things are not. It's a value issue in life. And so Jesus is teaching on value. And the Bible tells you and I about God's value system. We find this in the well-known scripture, John three sixteen and 17. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, amen, like people think, but that the world through him might be saved. 
And so the scripture here is revealing God's value system. God looks down at humanity. He sees they're lost in sin. They're broken. But he says, you know what? they, They are worth it. I'm going to invest in them. They are worth it. I'm going to, I I value them. See, the scripture is telling you this morning how much God values your life. Amen. This this is amazing because sometimes if we be honest this morning, we're in church so we can be honest, right? If we're honest this morning, sometimes we don't even value our own lives. And here's God saying, I value you so much, I'm going to let my son die for you. I'm going to go to the cross and suffer the pain of that because you're valuable in my eyes. So God views humanity as valuable. He did it in the Garden of Eden. They sinned. He covered their sin with animal skins. Humanity goes on to sin even more. And then he covers them with the blood that was shed on Calvary. Because God is looking at you and I and saying, you are of great value to me. And you're worth whatever price I have to pay. Amen. So we understand God's value system. We, we have no, uh, uh, should be no qualms about that. God thinks that you're valuable this morning. Hallelujah. So the next thing Jesus is teaching in this parable is, What I want to talk about is what are you looking for? Most people don't really know what they're looking for. They want to be happy. They want to be fulfilled. But they don't know exactly what that means, right? I mean, how do you accomplish that? How do you fix that issue in life? I want happiness. I want fulfillment. And so because we don't really know how that looks, people are searching in all the different avenues of life, trying to find happiness, trying to find fulfillment. And we search down all the avenues that the devil puts on the billboards, on the movie screens, or on our cell phones, amen. Saying, this is what will make you happy. This is what will fulfill you. You've got to have this. You've got to have that. And we go down all of these roads in life, amen, looking for happiness, looking for fulfillment, We're led to believe if we get the right amount of money, if we get the right guy or the right girl, the right car, the right house, then we'll be happy. Amen. You know, this goes right back to when we were kids. And we go, I remember going to the store with my parents and seeing how many know you go to the toy aisle. It's like, oh, I just died and went to heaven. All of these toys. And you see one, if I could just get that toy. And they say, no, we're not buying that toy. Can can I just get that toy? And finally you get the toy, maybe at Christmas time. And you open it up and there's the toy. And you're happy. But how many know what happens to toys after Christmas? They wind up broken. (laughs) And the thing that you thought was going to make you so happy... Now it's not even on the radar screen. And this, unfortunately, is the process of life we go through many times. So if I could just get that, if I could just 
have that, then I would be happy. I have a story here. It says billionaire Thomas H. Lead died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. The 78-year-old businessman was pronounced dead at his Fifth Avenue office building in New York. He was worth $2 billion at his death. And people would say, if I could just get the right amount of money, then I could be happy. And this is what many people are chasing. And this man has two, how many, do, you probably can't even spend two billion dollars in a lifetime. You said two billion. <laughs> two billion. And yet, he's not happy. He's not happy. We look and say, you're crazy. If I had two billion, no, if you had two billion, you'd be just as miserable as he was. Because it doesn't bring happiness. It doesn't bring happiness. It doesn't bring fulfillment. 35-year-old Jonathan Wraith, a young British millionaire worth $46 million, takes his own life. Because they believe if I could just get this amount of money, then I'll be happy. I mean, let's be honest this morning. You thought that. I thought it yesterday. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> but we thought, Lord, if I could just get this, if I could just get this amount of money, then I'll be all set. I'll be happy. But that's not true this morning. And oftentimes what we're looking for is not the right thing. But our text, Jesus tells us what we should be searching for, what we should be looking for. In verse 44, he says, And again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hidden in a field. In verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. What Jesus is telling us this morning is, what you need to be seeking for happiness is God. That's what you need to be seeking. The kingdom of heaven... Is, is symbolic of God. He's saying, if you want to be happy, if you want to be fulfilled, you should be seeking God. But isn't it interesting? That's the last thing we seek. That's not, a, that's not, a, that's not on the top ten on the list of what's going to make me happy. In fact, people think just the opposite. Well, I don't want to go to church because if I go to church, I can't have no more fun. That was my philosophy. I can't, I can't enjoy my life anymore if I start going to church. So God is the last thing that we're searching for. Yet Jesus says this should be on your radar. This should be what you are searching for in life. <clears throat> See, there is no position or fame or amount of money that can fulfill you. There's no person that can fulfill you. But yet this is our mindset, and what happens is we wind up disappointed again and again because we're really seeking the wrong thing. Now this is how the devil gets a hold of our lives. He knows our weakness. He knows that we think that, yeah, we know God is real, but God is not what's going to fulfill me. This is not new. This is an old strategy. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 8, the Bible says, Again, the, dev the devil taketh them up unto an exceeding high mountain, and showeth them all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them.
and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall you serve. And what is happening here <clears throat> is the same thing that happens to us. The Bible says the devil takes him up and shows him all the kingdoms of the world, all the glory of them. And the flesh is saying, man, if I could just have all that, I know I would be happy. Yet Jesus' response is, no, that's, that all looks great, but that's not going to fulfill me. That all looks nice, but what I really need is God. Him shall you serve. In other words, this is how the enemy works against you and I to move us away from God. Say, yeah, well, you've been going to church and that's nice, but what you really need is this. And try and divert what we're searching for. But Jesus saw the strategy of hell this morning, as we must see, because he understood the true fulfillment is only gotten through a relationship with God. Uh, but unfortunately, God is the last thing that we choose. Amen. God was the last thing I chose. <laughs> I came to the end of myself and tried everything I could try. And I was still empty. I was still broken. I was still unfulfilled. I was not destitute living on the street. But I mean, you can have a lot of stuff and still be empty. That was me. And so then in that place, I decided, well, uh, maybe I, I'll look into this God thing. And in that place, I began to find what I was really looking for. It didn't change my financial status. It didn't change my fame status. You never heard about me before, right? Because I'm not famous. <laughs> but what it did change was what was happening inside. There was a fulfillment. There was a peace in my life because when you see God that is when you find fulfillment see God's the missing piece in life there's a God shaped hole in your heart and the, the only thing that will fit in there is God everything else you fit in there will not say that it fits but not quite right it almost fits but it's not quite right but when you put God into that place all of a sudden it's like that's it that's what it is. Everything is right now. So let's look then at what do you value? What do you value? In our text, Jesus points to the value issue. This is what he's teaching on, and he's trying to get us to understand this, because this is going to affect every area of our lives, our value system. In verse 44, he says, when a man has found, uh, when he has found this, he hides it, and for joy thereof, he goes and sells everything and buys the field. This is the man that found the pearl. And he finds this, and he says, you know what, I'm going to go sell off everything I have and purchase this field, because this is what I need. I'm going to get rid of everything so I can have this. In verse 46, when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and sold everything. And so here again, the, the issue is, 
When you find what you think has great value, you're willing to get rid of everything else. Everything else. Because this is what I need. And when you find God, uh, this needs to be the response. Our response to the kingdom of God is based on how much do we value God. You and I are here this morning. You know why we're here? Because we value, we say, God, you're important. And I could be doing many other things, but God, today, I'm going to be in your house. This is a value decision. This is a, a, a thing where we say, God, you are more important than anything else I could be doing. The text says, this man goes and sells everything that I could have this field. Hallelujah. How much do we value what Jesus did for us on the cross? This is the issue before us this morning. Many people say, oh yeah, I know God is real. I know that Jesus died for me, uh, but uh, we're not going to make time to worship him. Oh, I know that God is real and I know God has helped me, but I'm not going to get rid of all the stuff uh, that God is not pleased with. And we're saying our, your value system has to be that God is worth me getting rid of everything. Amen. This is when life changes. Because of your value system says, well, I'll just buy half of the field. Right? I'll settle for half. Then you'll never have the fullness of God in your life. You have to be willing to say, God, I'm going to get rid of everything that I might have you alone. And this is a value issue. How much do we value what God has done for us? How much do we value our salvation this morning? They sold everything. Amen. When I first gave my life to Jesus, if I can be honest with you, I didn't sell everything. There were still things in my life that I held on to because I had not determined the proper value of my salvation. And when you do that, uh, you're living a struggle life. Uh, You're pulled to the left, you're pulled to the right, um, and it's a constant battle. But that's the way I was living in the early days of my salvation. I was glad I was saved and going to heaven, but I didn't sell everything that I could buy the field. And so it's a value issue. And I had to come to a place where I decided, God, you know what? You are more valuable than anything else. You're more valuable than anything I can have in this world. See, this is always the response that allows us to experience God in a full way. Luke chapter 18. Peter says these words in verse 28. Then Peter said, Lo, we have left all to follow you. What he's saying is, I made a value decision. I'm leaving everything behind to follow you, Jesus. This has to be the response of the believer this morning. Yes, we know God is real. Yes, we know God wants to help us. But are we willing to make this statement? Lord, we're leaving everything to follow you. Because this is the Christian value system. Philippians 3, verse 8. 
Apostle Paul is writing. Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Here's Paul the Apostle. He was a religious man. He was an educated man. He was on his way to being a high priest. Uh, yet when he meets Jesus Christ on the Damascus Road and he finds salvation, he came to a point where he said, you know what? Later for the heritage, later for the accolades of the world, later for the things and the fortunes of this world, all I want is Jesus Christ. He says, I suffer the loss of all things because when Paul got saved, people rejected him. Oh, you're one of those Jesus followers now. And they begin to strip him of his place in his religious institution. They begin to shun him. They wanted nothing to do with him. Listen to this morning. When you give your life to Jesus wholeheartedly, there will be some who will shun you. Oh, you're going down to that church now. Oh, you're one of those religious people now. Oh, I see. And listen, uh, the moment you walk into the door, the party's over, amen. You become a bummer for everybody. That's the way Paul was. He showed up at the synagogue and all of a sudden, oh God, he's here again. That Jesus guy. And he says, you know what? I don't care that they rejected me. I don't care they don't want me at their gatherings. I don't care that they call me names. All I care is that I want Jesus. I want all of Jesus that I can get. He says everything else. He said he uses the word dung. In the Bible in Pennsylvania, we say hey, it's all a cow patty, amen. It's just a, a, a heaping a pile on the ground. All of that stuff before that I was giving my life to, it's nothing. I want Jesus. Because he made a value system. One Bible commentator says this about this text. Not only those things which he had just specified, and which he had himself possessed, he says he would be willing to renounce him in order to obtain an interest in the Savior. But everything which could be imagined were all the wealth and honor which could be conceived of his, he would be willing to renounce them in order that he might obtain the knowledge of the Redeemer. In other words, Paul made a value judgment. Before, the most important thing to him was his religion. He says, I'm a Jew, the tribe of Benjamin. I, I Listen, I, I, I'm perfect before God concerning the law. But now he's come to a place where he's saying, you know what? Those things cannot compare to knowing Jesus personally. And I'll renounce everything that I might win Christ. Amen. The men in our parable are saying, I'm all in. They found the field. They found the pearl that's representative of God, of Jesus. And when they found that, they said, you know what? I'm selling everything. I'm all in. 
I'm not going halfway at this. I'm not going half-hearted at this. I am all in. I'm selling everything. I'm getting rid of everything that I might know God. Hallelujah. So what this means, and this, you know, this, this is, it's a difficult decision. Because listen to what Jesus says to his disciples, which means he's saying it to us. And this is very, this is very heavy. He says in Matthew 10, 37, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. That's a heavy shot. But what he's saying is, it's not diminishing the people, but it's a value decision. And what he's saying is, no matter what is happening in your life, no matter what the circumstance or situation is, you have to put God first. Remember we were pastoring in outside of Providence, Rhode Island. A woman is coming to church and she's serving God. And I'm just preaching the gospel, you know, what the word of God says. And one day she stops coming. So I begin to follow up and ask her, hey, you know, what's going on? She said, well, pastor, you said that I have to love God more than my own children. I didn't say that. That's what the Bible says. But she says, I cannot even fathom how I can do that. And so time goes on. She doesn't come back. And then a while later, she comes back to church. She's coming to church for a while. And then she pulls me aside. She says, you know what? I now understand what the Bible means to love God more than everything else. Because as I wasn't coming to church, I was seeing the devil destroying the life of my children and I did not have the ability to call on you because I wasn't serving you. Now I understand if I put you first, I'm actually putting them first. And see, this is a value issue. Do we value God more than anything else? Because listen to me, anything we value more than God uh, will rob us of the ability to tap into God's help in times of desperate need. And so the value decision is very, very critical in life. So Jesus doesn't apologize for requiring us to be all in. You know why? Because he was all in. Calvary's cross, Jesus was all in. He didn't say, well, listen, I'll, I'll let you put one nail in. That's it. Well, I'll let you put uh, uh, two nails in, uh, and, but then we're going to call it off. Uh, I, I'll save half of humanity. But he says, I'm all in. And so he requires us to be all in. And so this one, we have to make a value decision with God. God, you're the most important thing in my life. Nothing else comes before you. So let's talk about eternal value this morning. When you have a proper value system, the things you value will last for eternity. How many know the things that man makes doesn't last for eternity? Oh, I know they say lifetime guarantee, right? 
What does that really mean? It means nothing. <laughs> it's still going to break. It's still going to wind up on the side of the road on trash day. Amen. Uh, it's going to be in the recycling bin. Because everything that man makes breaks. None of it lasts. But the value in God, our value in God, listen, this is something that will last for eternity. This decision to trust Him, to put your faith in Him, to value Him more than everything else, is going to produce a lasting fruit. Those who have an improper value system will find out in eternity that the things they put first cannot preserve them. We all know well the story of the Lazarus and the rich man. Luke 16, verse 24 and 25. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime... Receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. So we're seeing two people who had a value decision when they were living. This man had a decision to make, uh, to choose God, but he chose the things of the world. Uh, but now he's in eternity, and those things cannot preserve him. How many of the pharaohs got a big surprise when they went into eternity? They built massive pyramids. They still stand today. They filled their pyramids with gold and silver. I was reading one article. One of the pharaohs even put a, he had a large boat in there. And because their, their thing was, I'm going to need all of this stuff when I get to the other side. And when I get into eternity, I'm going to still live like a pharaoh. But to their surprise, they wind up in eternity and uh, nothing's with them but them. Because you can't take nothing with you, can you? But they had trusted in all these things. This man in the text, he trusted in all of his things. He said, this is more valuable than serving some God I can't see. Lazarus, on the other hand, even though his life was difficult, he said, you know what, Lord, my life is not fun. I'm sick. I've got infirmities. All these things are happening. But God, you are still worth serving. And in eternity, our decisions will play out. And our value system will be exposed. What we trusted in will preserve us for all of eternity, beloved. The things that man chooses over God will not help him in eternity. We must always put the things of God first. No matter what you're going through. Because some, how many know, if you read the story of Lazarus, he had a difficult life, didn't he? The Bible says that the dogs came and licked his wound. We're talking about a tough life. Yet, always in that position, he did not curse God, did not give up on God. He valued God, and that value played on an eternity. We must be faithful in the things that God has given us. Say, so, well, what has God given me? I'm glad you asked. You did ask that, right? I thought I heard you ask that. God has given you salvation. 
He's given you the ability to pray to him. He's given you back your sanity. He's given you joy. He's given you peace. He's given you hope. Before I didn't have any hope of what was going to happen to me when I died. But I have a hope now. A confidence. Those are, God's given us little things that we must value. Matthew 25, 23. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. <clears throat> Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter down to the joy of the Lord. This man had been given uh, uh, two talents. And he took those, he, he guarded them, he treated them like they were great value. And in the end, Jesus says to him, you were faithful over a little. Listen to me this morning. Your life might not be like you want it right now, but you still have the ability to love God, to serve God, to worship God. Be faithful with that little bit that you have this morning. Value that. Because when we do that, the end result is, God's going to say to you, listen, I watched your life. Yes, it was a difficult life. It was not fair. Uh, there were things that happened to you, amen, uh, that were not right. But despite all of that, you continue to put me first. You continue to guard your relationship with me. You didn't turn your back in difficult times because you were faithful over a little. I'm going to make you rule over much. Enter down to the joy of the Lord. See, a value system is very, very important this morning. Don't let the world convince you that God is not valuable. So how can you serve a God that you can't see? Well, listen to me. I may not be able to physically see him, but he's alive in here. He's alive in here. And the way he changed my life, no one can convince me that he's not real. Because I know who I was. <clears throat> I know how I was living. I know where I was headed. I know the things I was capable of doing and did. And Jesus changed me. And so he's very real. And the little bit that God gives us, having no prayer may seem like a small thing. Don't ever discount the value of prayer. The devil will say, what are you praying for? Your life's falling apart. No, get up and do something. No, no, no. Prayer is valuable. See, this value issue will help us maintain a right standing before God. God, the things that you have given me are valuable and I will not neglect them. I won't put them to the side for other things. Jesus has given us the great ability to communicate with God, to live for God. See, how many understand this morning that your prayer life is very valuable? It really is. But yes, sometimes what comes to our mind is uh, pray. Pray for what? I mean, look, I've been praying and, and everything still. No, no, no. You've got to keep the right value on prayer. 
God will answer. God will help. We close with this scripture. Psalm 16 verse 11. <clears throat> Thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand there are pleasures evermore. Those are the things that people are seeking, right? He says at the hand of God you'll find joy and you'll find fulfillment. But the world is looking in the opposite direction and wondering why it never comes. I'm declaring to you this morning if you will start to value God more than anything else, more than your own feelings. I mean, sometimes we can worship our own feelings. Well, I feel this and I feel that. And I, no, no, no. God, Lord, you are more valuable than anything else. And I'm going to put you first. I'm selling out. I'm not going to put anything in front of you, God. And when you do that, it leads you to this place where there's presence of God is fullness of joy. Something you can't find out here. You can't purchase it. It only comes when you say, God, you're the most valuable thing in life. Amen. Let's bow our heads for a moment this morning. We're going to pray before we leave. What do you value this morning? What's the most valuable thing in your life? Jesus made a very difficult statement. But if you begin to analyze it, what he's saying is if you put me first, everything else will fall into place. You can't hold your life together. You can't fix what's broken. But if you will put God first, that value system will lead you into the very things that you thought you could never have. The fullness of joy. Peace that surpasses all understanding. And eternal life in the end. That's what Christ is offering us this morning. While our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and we're honest before the Lord this morning. I wonder how many there be in the house of God. You say, you know what? I have not had a proper value system. I put other things before God. And I realized this morning that I need to change my value system. And I want to do that. I want to put God first. You're here and you're not a Christian, you're not born again, you don't know where you're going to spend eternity. All of that can be fixed with a value decision. Saying, I want to put Jesus first in my life. If that's you this morning and you would like us to pray for you, lift your hand and say, God, that's me. I need to change my value system. I need Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I need to be born again. God's going to help you this morning. You found the field this morning. Now Jesus is saying, sell all and receive me as your Savior. You're backslidden, you're not saved. Lift your hand. Let us pray for you this morning. God will do a miracle in your life. <clears throat> Talking to the people of God this morning. From time to time, we can begin to shift our value system. 
And other things become more important than God. But listen, that's to our own demise. We'll wind up lost and broken again. Maybe this morning you need to readjust your value system. So Lord, I'm ready to leave everything. All those things that have been grabbing at me, I'm going to cut them all off. And I'm going to live for you like never before. Jesus is going to help us this morning. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. The altars are open. You come. You get before God this morning. You let Jesus help you in the things that you're dealing with in life. Because he truly wants to do that.